and welcome to Into the Glory Zone with me, Dr. Edith Davis on 94.1 FM, Wave 94. Spiritual believers and listeners, as you know, I've been talking and talking and talking about these new revelations that basically set you up for the great wealth transfer. The latest one that I talked about was what is in your hands, right? Start changing your perspective on what you have. What has God given you? Because he is expecting increase. Okay, and the next thing, of course, recognizing that we are the righteousness of God because of the blood of Christ Jesus. So because we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, we have supernatural favor. And of course, this enables us to have ownership faith. Ownership faith. That's, it's, it's a different faith, a different level of faith. What are the key words? How was Jesus able to do everything that he did as a man filled with the Holy Spirit? He trusted in God the Father. Jesus trusted in God the Father. And because he trusted the Father, he was able to speak to the fig tree and it would die. Speak to the storm and the wind and have a seat. Raise Lazarus from the dead and go to the cross and say, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, he was just, it's, it's so phenomenal. And what, do, what happens? You are going to receive the great wealth transfer soon after I've obeyed my Father and my Lord and Savior Christ Jesus and my Lord Holy Spirit. I got a call from my dad saying that he was signing over the land and the house to of my grandmother who never acknowledged me as her granddaughter to me. I received the deed from the lawyer the other day. So now I have another property. I have another house. I have another land, some more land, right? Making a total of three houses and three um, lands, um, acreage along with the land. So what is this? This is the transfer. This is the great wealth transfer. It wasn't something that I was seeking. I had no conversation with my biological father about this. When looking for it, but the father is looking for it. For me. And so I am, I am excited about what is about to happen because it's not just me. It's people that were in the class. They're already receiving bonuses. They're already receiving promotions. Why? Because God is preparing the people that he can trust. He can trust with his wealth. With his wealth, because everything belongs to him, right? And so we need to become what? Good stewards. This is a time, the time of year for me where I am, you know, a little overwhelmed. I've got, I'm always trying to reach out and help people. And so I'm just, I'm just trying to make sure that I keep my Eyes on Christ Jesus. You know, it. one of the interesting things, and one of my spiritual leaders that I listen to is um, um, Dr. Pastor Bill Winston in Chicago. 
And he said something that just was so powerful. Rama, he says, when you're in spiritual warfare, don't take your eyes off of the word of God. And basically the same thing. Peter was fine when he was walking. I mean, he literally was walking on the word, which was on top of the water. Right. So Peter defied the laws of physics. Right. And he walked on water. And as long as his eyes was on Christ Jesus, which is the word of God, Jesus, the word became flesh and lived among us. And the, the powerful rhema word that came out of that was that as long as. As you keep your eyes on the word, as long as you keep your mind on the word, then you are able to defeat Satan and his demons. You are able to crucify your flesh. But when you take your eyes off the word, when you take your eyes off of Christ Jesus, then you're going to fall. But guess what happened when Peter took his eyes off of the word, took his eyes off of Christ Jesus. Jesus reached down and pulled them out and continued. He continued walking on the water back to the boat as Jesus held his hand. So what does that mean for you and I? These are tumultuous times for everyone. Even for what? Christians. Even for those of us who call Christ Jesus our Lord and Savior. And we need to keep our eyes on the Word of God. We need to keep our eyes on Christ Jesus. The latest thing that I'm trying to walk in and, you know, I'm, I just keep on going. One of my mentees, she was asking me, well, Dr. Davis, how do you how do you do it? I said, because God told me over 30 years ago, be not offended. So she says, well, how do you not be offended? I said, well, technically, I, I still get offended, but I don't carry it very long. When I was when I was immature and first starting walking in that, it took me, you know, some time to not be offended. I realized I shouldn't be offended. I, you know, I walked through it. But now I'm at the point in my life. Where if I get offended, I immediately shut it down. Why? Because I recognize that being offended stops my blessings. So it's another ploy of the enemy to use people to, you know, try to um, take you out. Right. So. You get offended, you get angry, and you take your eyes off what? The word. You take your eyes off Christ Jesus, and your eyes are on the person that offended you, right? And guess what? You're going to fall. You're going to go down. And you're blocking your blessings. So I told her what I do now that I'm more, more mature is that I almost instantaneously shut it down. And one time I was, I just had a negative thought about someone. I said, no, I want to see. I said, no, I refused. I spoke the words out loud out of my mouth. And I said, no, I want to see that individual through the eyes of God. And God loves everyone on planet Earth. And he has a plan for everyone. And my Godfather just reiterated, he says, there's two things, two things, two things that we need to do when we interface with anybody. And that is we need to love them and we want God's best for them. And and so the flesh doesn't want the best for people that hurt us. The flesh doesn't want the best for people that deceive and trick us and abuse us and misuse us. No. The flesh doesn't want to do that, but we are not flesh. We are spirit. 
We are new cre- creations, new creatures in Christ Jesus. And if I want to walk in the abundant life that God, Christ Jesus, that God the Father has given me, if I want to fulfill my destiny, this is not an option for me. It is not an option for me. As I drove here to the studio to do this broadcast, I was thinking to myself, I want to make a difference in others' lives. And that's why I do this broadcast, because if it's any way that I can help anyone get to the promised land as quickly as possible, I, I pray and hope that they will get glean something of the Lord out of me. You know, it, I, the word is so profound. It's, it's so powerful. And, and it's, you can go over passages that, and stories that you've read in the word and you get deeper and deeper revelation. You know, I was listening about how God likes to replicate, you know, he, he kind of gives a foreshadowing of of what he's about to do and if you're paying attention and if you're reading the word you will catch it right and one of the things he showed was how in the case of Abraham and the last major test that he took where he had to take the very thing that he had been crying out to God for that very thing that he had been praying to God for the the blessing that his son Isaac the promise right um he had to give it back to the father. He had to give it back to the father. And it was interesting because I think I talked about this in the earlier broadcast, how, you know, he, he didn't talk to Sarah about it because, you know, Sarah wasn't having it. Sarah was not going to give up Isaac. So he went, you know, of course, he this was an Abraham test. This was the father's test. And why? Because. God the Father was replicating himself. Did you realize that? Abraham, the father of many nations, God the Father, the father of all creation, right? Abraham was asked to give up his only begotten son, the son that he loved, the son that he cherished and just adored and waited so long to have, the son that would be the seed for the many nations, right? And God had, he, God, God longs to have a family, but he had, but it was basically Satan, um, tricked and deceived the Adams, which was his seed family. And, and basically they turned over everything that God had given them because they had dominion and God had given them authority, um, over planet earth. Unconditional authority They turned that unconditional authority Over to Satan So Satan So God had to wait Before he could have The family that he's cried out for Right And in order to get that He had to plant a seed And in order for Abraham to get it He had to plant the seed He planted the seed in what? Sarah's wound And got Isaac God planted The Holy Spirit planted the seed In whose womb? Mary's womb Right? And got Jesus, Yahshua Amashiach, Christ Jesus, right? So what's next? What's up? What's the other parallel here? So God asked Abraham, I want you to sacrifice your son. 
Abraham did it. Why? Because God had proven himself over and over again to be faithful. And even when Abraham screwed up and messed up, God still blessed him and protected him. Right. And so, so Abraham said yes, because in Abraham's mind, it was, yeah, he's going to die on this uh, altar, but God's going to raise him up because God promised me that Isaac, the seed, he would be many nations. So, and you know, it wasn't easy. So he took his two servants and, and the, um, the, the, and the donkey and, you know, and what's going on here? They're going to the, to the, um, the mountain that God is showing them is a, th- I think it was a three day journey and interesting thing, three day journey. And so they get there and finally the service going, Hmm, what's up here, man? I don't see no go- sheep. I don't see the sheep and the lamb. I don't see him. And, and what happens? He takes, he takes the, the, the wood, right? And he, Puts it on Isaac's back and, and finally Isaac and they start and he tells the servants, we will be back. Right. And he takes and Isaac says, father, I see the wood and I see the knife, but I don't see the sacrifice. Right. And finally, I, you know, everybody's like, what's up? I mean, everybody's wondering what is up. And he goes up and he finally, you know, you know, we know Isaac was probably a teenager and, and uh, Abraham was an old man, right? So Isaac could have ran. Isaac could have overcame his father. But Isaac humbled himself and laid on the altar because he trusted his father, right? Parallel here. So what happens? Same thing. We've got Jesus, Yahshua Mashiach, God's beloved son that he adores. And he has the wood on his back. He has the cross on his back as he goes up to the same, pretty much the same mountain range that Abraham offered up Isaac as a sacrifice. And what happens next? <coughs> Abraham raises up the knife. <coughs> Abraham raises up the knife to plunge it into the heart of his son. And God says, do not harm the boy. Now that I know that you fear the Lord. But guess what? God, the father did not exempt himself because in order for him to get his family, blood had to be shed and it couldn't be just any blood. It had to be innocent blood. It had to be pure blood, holy blood, God's blood. Say Satan wasn't expecting that one. He wasn't expecting that one. He wasn't expecting God to bankrupt heaven to save us. And guess what? Jesus, just like Isaac, humbled himself and was on the cross and was crucified and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And then he died. It is finished. He died. On that cross, right? When Abraham went down back to the mountain, the Holy Spirit in the scriptures only said it was, even though Isaac was with him, it, it didn't say Isaac. It just said Abraham came back down. Why? Because in God's eyes, Abraham had completed, had proven that there was nothing that he would not withhold from the Lord, right? So we, it, we have this, this shadowing. So as I, um, move forward with my journey with the Lord. I, I see all this what 
foreshadowing. This um what? This foreshadowing. I am excited for the body of Christ. I'm excited because we are about to see signs and wonders. It's at our church right now at um, All Nations Church. We have been doing the, um, there'll be two years on Sunday where we have done the prayer walk in front of the Capitol. And guess what? The, the crime rate in Tallahassee, Florida has been going down starting a year ago, which, you know, we were, we have been pressing in and being faithful to do the prayer walk every first Sunday of the month. It'll be two years in November, so I know something explosive is going to happen that day. If you wish to join us, we'll be at the steps of the Capitol at 3.30 p.m., Tallahassee, Florida, the first Sunday of the month. I'm not sure. I think that's maybe November the 7th or something, but it's the first Sunday of November, 24 months. And guess what? We've had... Our new pastor, Pastor Isaiah, who is getting married to a beautiful young lady, and they're getting married at the end of this month. He has introduced um, intercessory prayer on Monday night, and the presence of God himself, of Christ Jesus, of the Holy Spirit, has been heavy. People have seen angels walking around. We are entering into a new dimension of faith. And then we have our um, leader of our intercessory prayer on, I think it was Tuesday. I think they're moving it to Tuesday nights or Tuesday mornings. Intercessory prayer on, on Tuesdays. That's Amy Johnson. So we are just pressing in with prayer. And then I have my um, one of my oldest and dearest friends, um, Gwen Lee. And Houston, Texas has a ministry called the Upper Room ministry, which is about to hit on 25 years of faithful, faithfulness in prayer. Gwen is a serious intercessor prayer warrior. She also is a banker. She's a a mortgage um, banker. And so she, she has a, she has a nine to five, right? But she, she is faithful to the ministry, the upper room ministry. And I see the people of God pressing in to prayer. People don't realize this, but our nation was based and saturated and bathed in prayer. Um, Zinfidel, Count Zinfidel over in Europe had a tower and that tower was two people went up in the tower and it was 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. For over a hundred years And out of that Came the United States Of America Hmm. Prayer is so Important And we as members of the body of Christ Need to Continue to be get on our knees And also learn how To pray properly You know There are certain kind of prayers And certain types of prayers But when we deal with cancer When we deal with sickness and disease When we deal with the enemy Attacking our bodies Or attacking people that we love body Or attacking people that we are praying for body We command We speak to the problem And we command it to bow its knee to King Jesus And then we dispatch Healing and health Riches and wealth Or whatever the 
the deficit was, we pronounce that in the name of Jesus. But we curse the thing that's attacking those individuals, right? So it's it's been um, an awesome, awesome time. And I am just excited about what God is doing and has for us. And we worship and we follow those of us who belong to Christ Jesus, a awesome God, a good God. God the Father is a good God. He is our daddy and he loves us very much and he loves you very much and he has a great plan for your life and he wants you to be ready for the great wealth transfer. He wants you to walk in ownership faith. He wants you to know that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that you are the righteousness of God because of the blood of Christ Jesus, not because of your behavior, right? And then he wants you to know what is in your hands and appreciate it and bless it and don't curse it. I do this now with my son and daughter now. I just say, I bless it. <laughs> bless the Lord. And now the latest thing that I'm doing is I am looking at people. I'm trying to look at all people through the eyes of God. And I need to look at people in the spirit and not in the flesh. Because if I'm able to do that, then I will be able to receive from them. See, how you perceive someone, how you perceive that individual dictates whether or not you can receive from that individual. Have you noticed that? If you don't highly esteem someone, if you don't respect someone, then you're not going to, um, you're not going to make it right in order to receive. And, and every God has a blessing. God has a gift. And just about everybody on planet earth, he has a gift and but not everybody can receive those gifts, right? Because we get offended, we we get, we get hurt, we go into unforgiveness. What we're we're too fleshly ourselves, and so I want to receive every good and perfect perfect gift from every individual on planet Earth, and I have to perceive them properly. And the perfect example is Christ Jesus Himself. Right? Jesus, the Son of God, because he trusted in the Father and he did only what he heard the Father say. He only did what he saw the Father do. He only said what he heard the Father say. Right? So he was totally 100% eyes on the Father and was about his Father's business. And he came to, to show people who the Father really was, not the fabricated thing that Satan set up that, you know, that had people afraid of God. God is a loving God. God is a kind God. God is a just God. And Jesus came to introduce us to him. When you saw Jesus, you saw the what? The father, right? So Jesus basically could raise people from the dead. He could open blind eyes. He could Open deaf ears. He could turn people, cast out every demon on planet, on planet Earth out of anybody and everybody if he wanted to. There was nothing that Jesus could speak to a storm and say, be quiet, be quiet and be still. He could send 
Peter to go and get a coin, a gold coin out of a, the first fish mouth that he pulled out of the water. There was a gold. He said, there'll be a gold coin in it. Money was no option. Money wasn't a problem. Why? Because Jesus is God and he kept his eyes. The word kept his eyes on the father and did the bidding of the father was submitted under the father. And so those those individuals that approached Jesus properly and recognized who he was received from him, received their healing, received their wealth, received their deliverance from evil. They received. But those who did not perceive Jesus as the son of God, those Individuals that looked at him and, oh, that's just Joseph's boy. I know him. He used to work with his father before he died. Those who looked at Jesus the wrong way, right? Mm. Couldn't receive anything from him. When he went to Nazareth, his hometown, he could do hardly no miracles at all. Could, why? Not because he couldn't do it, but the people couldn't receive it. They couldn't receive from him because of how they perceived him. So what about you? What about you? Who are you not perceiving properly? Right? Who? Who are you not perceiving properly? So if you perceive individuals and give individuals their, I guess, Credit, get treat every individual with respect, even if it is a person on the street with a cardboard in his hand. Treat that individual with respect and dignity, right? You will receive from them. I never forget, um, I was a homeless person and, you know, I gave them something and I remember he pronounced a blessing over me. I received it. Might have been an angel in disguise. I don't know. But I'm just saying <clears throat> that people people need to people need to check themselves and they need to understand that we need to look at everybody through the eyes of God and God loves everybody and God wants the best for everybody. And I God not saying being foolish and you know, if someone has been treacherous with you, put yourself in a position to be vulnerable and, and be mistreated again. No, he's not saying that. But you still need to ask the Holy Spirit, help me to see that individual through your eyes. See them in the spirit. Right. My Godfather, he's been talking about teaching me about preemptive forgiveness. And I do it now as well. I get up in the morning and I say, I forgive everyone in advance. So if anybody offends me, anybody hurts me, anybody does anything to me, they're already forgiven. Now, I'm not as advanced as he is, but I'm heading in that right direction because I want to receive every good and perfect gift that God has for me. Okay, spiritual believers, I just I just wanted to make sure that I share that latest revelation to to the prelude for receiving the great wealth and the great wealth transfer. So now you need to look at how you look at individuals, how you perceive individuals. And now we're looking at Romans 10, 9. 
That is, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Thank you for once again joining me on 94.1 FM Wave 94 on Into the Glory Zone with Dr. Edith Davis.